Matthew chapter 1. You may have received this um, little handout. Thank you, Jane, for uh, gifting me this. I didn't put this together. Um, but, it's, but, but I kind of like it. It's, um, Jane said she had used it in, a, in another Bible study. Um, so if you want to keep it, refer to it. It's got some interesting uh, notes on Matthew, who he was, as, as well as the Gospel of Matthew. One, one other thing that you could even pencil in on the side, and, and I can't remember my source for this, but in the book of Matthew, Jesus, the name Jesus is used, I, th I think it was like 55 times, but the only one who calls Jesus, Jesus in the book is Matthew as the writer. Okay, so you can check that out. You should test everything that, that a teacher says, particularly this teacher. But that, that everyone else, they call him rabbi, master, but Matthew is the only one who uses his name, and that's in the, con in, 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 in the context or of the narrative of writing uh, his, his biography on, on Jesus. I'm not going to go on record. I think it was 55, but I, it, I didn't write it down. So you can go through and count it. Just read it this week and highlight, take one color, highlight Jesus every time you see it. I'll find the, that answer for you. Okay, so Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 1. This would be one, um, you know, a, a lot of um, mostly pastors, preachers, some teachers, they will, they will title a sermon and, 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 and if I were a preacher, pastor, I, I don't think I would ever start that because it's, it's a big challenge to figure out a title for something. But this one I've got. This one, I would call this passage, this is going to be different. Okay, just this is going to be different. It's, it's a genealogy, but this is a different genealogy, and, and it points toward the difference in the book and what Matthew is doing. Let's, let's look at it and, and see what we can glean just from this, uh, the, the beginning account. Matthew 1.1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was the father of Jacob, and Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Abinadab, and Abinadab the, the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. And Solomon the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asaph, and Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jehoiakim. 
Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abiud, and Abiud the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Achim, and Achim the father of Elihud, and Elihud the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar the father of Matathan, and Matathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So, all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. Another list, another list of names. And, 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 and you know, we've, we've gone through enough lists recently with with Ezra and Nehemiah, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I counted eight chapters. I went back and just and just um, did a quick count. If if you combine Ezra and Nehemiah, the two most recent books we've gone through, that there were eight out of what twenty-three chapters. So like a third of them that had these lists. You know, whether it was uh, people who went back to the promised land after the, the deportation or, or, or people who worked on certain parts of the building of the, of the temple or the wall, but, but just a lot of lists. This one is different in, 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 in that it is a, a genealogy. What, what do you think when you see, um, when you hear the word genealogy? And the importance. What does a genealogy do, or, or what is the the purpose of a genealogy? Have you ever done a genealogy? Okay. I mean, Ancestry.com and just just uh, j just people wanting to know their 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 roots, their ancestry. That it's 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 a big deal. I mean, to some people, it's a very big deal. Um, what is it? What does it show of someone? You know, it, it shows how important family was to, uh, particularly the Jews, but but also to us when we start looking at, at our uh, our genealogies. Um, it, it shows where you came from. Remember in, 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 in Ezra and in Nehemiah, there were times when, when they said these people couldn't serve as priests because they, they could not prove their heritage. You know, that priests had to be descended from, from, from Aaron. And, and, if, and if they couldn't prove it, they couldn't serve as, as a, a priest. I, I had a, a grandfather traced our name back to an African nigger and he quit. <laughs> quit looking. <laughs> 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 Say no more. 
there's probably been a lot of people who've who've done that. But and that's almost that's a big point about this genealogy. Kind of maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but is every name in this genealogy uh, who's who of good guys or gals? No, it's anything but that. It starts the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. The word for genealogy is is Genesis. Ever heard of that word? It's it's like the Old Testament began, Genesis meaning beginning, and and now he says the Genesis of Jesus Christ, and and that word can mean genealogy, birth, beginning. It's it's, it's an idea. They translate it genealogy, but it's it's the beginning of, of Jesus Christ. Let's just go word for word here in, in the first verse. Jesus, Joshua, Jesus is the Greek. Joshua is the, is the Hebrew. Yeshua, which, which means Yahweh saves. God, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob saves. He says, so, so this, this Yeshua Christ. It's not that wasn't his last name. That was a, a, a title, but it became such a title that we know him by that name, Christ, the anointed one, the one who God has chosen. So this is the genealogy. This is the record, the birth, the history, the beginning of the account of Yahweh saves Jesus, Joshua, the Christ, the anointed one. And then what does he call him? The son of David and the son of Abraham. He's, he's, he's not the literal son. He's using that in the sense of the descendant of David and the descendant of, of Abraham. It's, it's interesting that he, he says first he's the son of David and then he's the son of Abraham. Okay, quick little history pop quiz. Who, in, in terms of world history timeline, who lived first, Abraham or David? Abraham. So he puts it backwards. Why? He's telling the original Jewish readers and, and, and us as well, but, but primarily the Jewish readers, that they had to accept Jesus first as the promised son of David, a son of David would be what? Would be king. That they have to accept Jesus as their king before they receive all of the blessings that God had promised to Abraham. That, so he says this is the, the, the book of the genealogy of the, 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 the record of Jesus who is the Christ the king, the son of David, and the son of Abraham. That, that both of those things had to, to, to happen. The, the promised Messiah had to be a descendant of David through the line of, a descendant of Abraham through the line of David. Wasn't Jesse David's father? Yes. And then he goes, he, he divides. So, so one purpose of a genealogy is to show where someone comes from. 
and, and, and for the Jews, it would, it would give them the right of property, inheritance. It would, it would, uh, it would validate their position as, as a priest. It, it shows the, just the purity of the line would be their, their goal. And then it, it, it culminates with the excellence of the person at the end of the, of this, of the list of genealogy. So he, he, he begins with, with Abraham. He begins this list. And, and we know from the end, from verse 17, that there, there are three groups in this genealogy. There's, he says, so all the generations from Abraham to David were 14. From David to Babylon were 14. And then from the deportation to Babylon to the time of Christ were 14 generations. And he says all, but he's using that in sort of a, a, a general sense because he does skip kings now and then. So, so he begins to... Say it again. Was it a coincidence? No. Right. Joseph is the legal father. Legally, he, Jesus is a son of Joseph, but literally and, and, and truly he's not. He was conceived by the, the Holy Spirit, by Mary through the Holy Spirit. Notice what he, he calls Joseph. He says, so Jacob was the father of Joseph. You know, if you follow suit, it'd say the father of Jesus, but that's not true. He says, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born. So he, 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 he right off the bat, he's, he's beginning to, to move into verse 18 when we, when we learn that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, by, by Mary. But he says, Joseph, the, the, the husband of, of Mary. Yeah, she. And Luke gives a genealogy also that's that's different from this one. Matthew is writing to a a Jewish audience, at least his his uh, original readers of of Matthew's account was primarily a Jewish audience, probably a church, and they say even in in, in Palestine. Though some would say, well, it was here or here. Nobody really knows where. Luke was writing. Luke was a Gentile. Luke was writing to a Gentile audience. Luke takes uh, Jesus' genealogy all the way back to Abraham. Not Abraham, Adam. I got the first letter right. All the way back to Adam. And then he goes, uh, you know, through Mary and, and shows just that, you know, Jesus' Uh, ancestors through, that, that once again proves he is a child of Abraham and, and from the, the, the bloodline of, of, of through David's line as well. 
I mean, the whole, this, this whole genealogy, it's, it's standard, but it's different. It's, it's common, but it's, but it's unique. What, let's just jump ahead. We'll, we don't need to look at each and every name, but I want to look at five names. You guess the five names that we should look at. What would be unusual about this genealogy? The women. The women. To, to include women in uh, a, a genealogy was, was pretty much unheard of. I mean, in those days, women were no more than a possession. I, I'm sorry, I didn't make those rules. That was how their societies functioned. They were, they were basically property just for a, a man's uh, fulfillment or purpose or, you know, they, they, they weren't the same level as, as men. There's, there's a book in the, in the Apocrypha, which is, which is not part of, of, of Holy Scripture, but it's, uh, it, 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 there are some, some, some good things in it from a historical value. It's called the book of Ecclesiasticus or the book of, of Sirach, written about 200 B.C. So a couple hundred years before Jesus was born, this, this book of Ecclesiasticus, Sirach, the writer, in chapter 42, and, and I'm going to paraphrase this, but he's, he's telling fathers, don't let your daughters reveal their beauty to any man. Don't let them have their room at the, at, on the side of the house where the entrance to the, to the house is. And don't let them spend time with a married woman. And then he goes on, he says, he says, for as a moth, as moths come from a garment, so a woman's wickedness comes from another woman. Okay, that was the attitude that men had about women. And he says that a man's harshness, and some translate it sin, is better than a woman's indulgence or, or her goodness. That was the attitude of the Jewish society and much of the ancient world, you know, the, now, now we even let them vote. I know. <laughs> oh, no. It's changed. So G Matthew includes five women in the genealogy of Jesus. This is going to be different. Right off the bat, they, the, the readers can see, oh, Look, look at these women that he's included. This is different from the standard genealogy. If you keep reading in, in Ecclesiasticus, that, that little proverb or whatever you might want to call it was in verse, in chapter 42, uh, in, in chapters, I think it's 45 through 50, there's, there, it's all genealogies. How many women do you suppose are in those genealogies. None. So this is, un, this is different. And, and, and the account of, of, of the gospel, the life of Jesus is going to be different than any other king that Israel has had. After all, Matthew is, is, is trying to, what were the last words that Matthew heard from, from Jesus? Jesus. 
I believe Matthew was there when Jesus ascended. And, and, and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew is trying to equip. He's, he's trying to convince the Jews. He's writing uh, 20 or 30 years after Jesus had ascended to back to heaven, but, he, but he's trying to, to convince the Jews Jesus of Nazareth was the Christ and that he's trying to equip those who already believe that with the gospel is a life-changing event. The gospel meaning the, 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 the good news about, about Jesus. And he, he begins, even Matthew himself is sort of a different character, a, a different type of person. Who was Matthew? Do, do we know? Do we remember? He was a tax collector. Okay, tax collectors then are pretty much like they are now. I mean, unless you just know one personally and, and are you related? It's not that we hate them, but we hate them. <laughs> you don't want to be... Did, did he grow up wanting to be a tax collector? They're, they're considered traitors. Who is he collecting taxes for? Rome. You know, this occupying superpower that's, that's occupying uh, the promised land and in control of the promised land. He is a Jew. He's collecting taxes for the evil empire, Rome. How did he get that job? They say, this is, this is a, a historical they, historians say, that they would bid on the job. Rome would say, for this province or this area, we need this much money. And so to get that job, you said, okay, I'll give you 5% more than that. Whoever was the top bidder, they got the job. Now, do you want that position that job so you break even. No. So you have to charge more than what Rome was expecting to get, and so they could gouge you. Sounds familiar? I mean, taxes really haven't changed. They, they can still gouge you, and, and there was very little you could do about it. But for a Jew to do that to other Jews so that Rome would benefit, he was, you know, persona non grata. I mean, he was hated and despised. So, so how surprising is it that the first book in the New Testament is written by a disciple who was formal, formerly one of the most despised people in society? He, he was rich, well off, but he probably had very few friends. How did he come about being a, a, a disciple? Is it, um, I think it's chapter 9, Matthew chapter 9. Jesus was walking near Capernaum, and he passed by Matthew's table where he's collecting taxes, and he looked at him and said, come and follow me. And he did. He knew his heart. He knew his heart. Was Matthew looking for something, thinking this is, 
yeah, I've got everything I want. I don't have any friends. And, and, and he had heard about Jesus. Jesus walked by and said, come and follow me. And he, and he did. He followed him. And Luke's account says that Matthew gave Jesus, he threw a great feast. When Matthew records it, he's, he's not wanting to draw attention to himself. He just says he, he had a banquet or a dinner. And, and they invited other tax collectors and sinners. And the Pharisees and, and, and scribes and Sadducees, they just went ballistic and said, what, what's he doing? He's eating with sinners. So, so to know that this, that this account of the story of Jesus is coming from someone who was a chief sinner, one that society would, would totally reject, shows that this is something different. This, this Jesus and this account, these stories of him, the life that he led, the, the sacrifice that he made, his death, burial, and resurrection is something that the world has never seen. And Matthew gives us that, and he starts with this genealogy that includes five women. Who were these five women? Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, what is it, verse, verse 6, the wife of Uriah, and, and, and then Mary. I mean, it's hard to know, okay, which one do we talk about first? But, I mean, because they're, they're all fascinating. But notice how he calls, verse 6, Jesse, the father of David, David the king. David is the hero to the Jewish nation. I mean, maybe even still, but certainly then. He was the king. And, and God had promised him, you will never lack a descendant being on the throne. And that, that, that's why the, the line goes back to, to through David, that, that it shows that God fulfills his purposes. God, I mean, his promises. God has never failed to honor a promise. I mean, think about that. How, how great that is. If God promised it, it is going to happen. That, that you, can, you can bank on it. And he says, David was the father of Solomon, by the wife of Uriah. It's, it's different in that the, that's pouring salt on their wombs. I mean, or, or, or opening up old wombs. It's like David the king, and then the next thing, he fathers a son by the wife of another man. This is, this is different. Look at the warts on, on a lot of these kings and, and, and look at some of these women that are in the, the ancestry of Messiah. Tamar says that Judah the, was the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Was Tamar Jacob's, I mean Judah's wife? You go back to Genesis 38. Judah was her father-in-law. What in the world is, how is she having a, you know, it's not just one son, it's twins by her father-in-law. Well, Judah had two sons, Er and Onan, and, and Er married Tamar. Er died, hadn't had any sons, and so, so, so Judah gave her to Onan that he might raise up a son for his brother. The, the brother didn't want any part of that. He, he didn't want to 
to, to father a child by her because he said, well, then it's only going to be heir's son, not mine. And, and so he did evil in the sight of the Lord by not following that, that, that command. It wasn't part of the Mosaic law yet because the Mosaic law hadn't been written, but that, 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 that he did evil. He died also. Judah said, go back to your father's house. When my youngest son is old enough, I will give him to you to be your husband and to father a, a son for, now it's going to be two brothers. Well, Judah reneged on it. So Tamar dressed up as a harlot, a prostitute in the marketplace, seduced Judah and, 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 and conceived these, these twins. And she said, give me a, a, a promise. Give me a symbol of the promise. And he got, what did he do? He gave her his ring, his seal, and, and or was it his coat? Okay, I've gotten beyond what I really uh, thought I knew. Anyhow, they, he, she call, he, he calls her in, and they're going to kill her because she's pregnant and not married. And she says, well, here's these items belong to the father. And Judah realizes that it was him, not her. So what do you have? Number one, you have a Canaanite woman who is in the bloodline. And, and, and then you have a, a, a woman who resorted to that sort of behavior to, to have a, a, a son. It's different. Who's the next one? Rahab. I mean, by trade, she wasn't by trickery. A, a prostitute. By trade, she was a prostitute, a, 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 a Jerichoite, if that's a word, a person living in Jericho as Joshua and Israel is coming into the promised land. She was a Canaanite. She's in, 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 the, in, the, in the ancestry tree of Jesus. It says, Boaz by Rahab. Salmon fathered Boaz by Rahab, Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth. Who was Ruth? A Moabite. Deuteronomy 23 says, No Ammonite or Moabite shall enter the assembly of the Lord through the tenth generation because they did not meet you with bread and water as you were coming through their territory. Talking about the, the period of the, of the Exodus. What does it show with these with these Gentiles being in the, the, the genealogy of Jesus. They were all included. What was the promise to Abraham? Through you I will bless all nations. And, 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 and Jesus is, Matthew is showing how Jesus came and everything has changed. That, that God's salvation is not just for Jewish men, it's for women as well and for Gentiles. I mean, how else is, is, is he going to, is that promise to Abraham going to be fulfilled? You, you wonder how they've changed it and, 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 and uh, misconstrued it in their minds of, you know, well, God's promise is just to us, just to us as the nation of, of Israel. It's like, I'm going to bless all nations. So Jesus changes the rules right away. These women have a, an honored place. These Gentiles have an honored place and, and are in a, uh, a, a 
an important position in the, the bloodline of Jesus. And then the, the fourth woman, the wife of Uriah, he doesn't even name her, but we know that to be Bathsheba, who, whom, whom, whom David seduced and basically raped. She fathers Solomon. And then on through the, the, the kings you've got from David down through the time of deportation, from the deportation of, to Babylon to the time, first century, Joseph, the husband of Mary. Remember when the news first broke about Mary being pregnant, they did not have a baby shower in Nazareth. I mean, that was a shameful thing. We'll, we'll see next week what Joseph's dilemma was and what he was faced with and how God overcame that and God told Joseph what was happening, but that, that, that even Mary, who initially it was thought to be disgraceful and sinful, but she wasn't pregnant by Joseph, the Holy Spirit had impregnated her. She was carrying the, the very God of very God. I was, I was driving home the other day, and, and that song, it, it's kind of old now, but, but, it, but it came on, Mary, Did You Know? And, it, and, it, and I hadn't heard it. I don't know if I heard it this Christmas or, or not, but it's like, oh, did you know, you know? And, and all of the things that, that, the, that, that the songwriter and, and the singer say is, you know, did you know that your baby boy is the creator, the sustainer, the savior, that he is, that he was God? So, so Matthew, this hated, despised tax collector, is writing an account of the life of Jesus and, and from the beginning, even reading this genealogy, they, they know this is going to be different. There are women included. There are Gentiles included. You know, the 14, the three groups of 14, 14 is two, seven. Seven is complete, a wholeness. So it's double wholeness. There's three of them, which is, is the number for, for God. I mean, just the... The, the symbolism of the numbers, the 14 and the 3, is mind-blowing. I mean, it'll give you a nosebleed. It, it's, what, what is he? And, but the first century readers would pick up on that and know that, oh, this is, there is some meaning here to him picking 14 three times. And Jesus is the seventh the completion of that third genealogy, that third list, that third 14, the, 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 the culmination, the total completion. So what can we glean? It does. To, to raise the, the son and, 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 to, and, and to, you know, legally he was the, the, the father and so you could trace his line through um, Joseph, Jacob, and back to 
through David. Think about, just think about that. Who can do that? Only God. I mean, a, a covenant that lasts that long and it goes precisely as it's supposed to. I mean, it, it just shows just the providential hand of God on the, the salvation, on, on the life of Jesus, that, that God's promise. Some of these are... If we were just looking at them on paper, reading about it, what a coincidence that Tamar had Judah's son. What a coincidence that Rahab, that the spies went into Rahab's, you know, they ran into her. What a coincidence that, that, that Ruth marries Naomi's son and then her father-in-law, her husband, her brother-in-law, they all die and they, have to, and, and they go back. What a coincidence. This, this thing is full of coincidences. No, it's, it's, it shows us the providential hand of God on all of these things. And, and, and that it was no accident that Jesus was born to Mary when he was, when he was born. You know, Paul in, in, in Galatians 4.4 in the fullness of time, when it was the exact right moment, God sent forth His Son to be born of, 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 of a woman. So, yeah, it's another list, but it's a different kind of list when, 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 when we ponder it and see just God's hand on it. And, and we'll see how Jesus is a different kind of, of teacher, leader, Jewish leader, person than what they were used to in, in, in the first century and a different kind of leader that we have today. Look at all these kings. Which one of those kings let them down? Okay, now I'll give you an easier question. Which one of those kings did not let them down? None of them. And it's just like politicians today. The answer is not in a king or a politician, the answer is in one king, and that's King Jesus. Remember when, when Israel went to uh, Samuel and said, uh, give us a, a, a king so can we, we can be like all the other nations. And Samuel was mad, and God told him, don't, don't be angry. It's not you they're rejecting, it's me. I'll give them a king, and then we'll see what happens. And now, and God said, he is Israel's king. Now, 
God comes in the form of man and is the true king of Israel with, with this. So it's finally happening. Well, let's pray and then we'll, we'll go. So read ahead. Um, we'll, we'll finish chapter 1 next week. Any extra food? There's to-go boxes back there. Um, apparently, Terry doesn't want to take them home. <laughs> so if your car's unlocked, be careful when you go out there. It might be full of to-go boxes. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your word. And God, we see just through this genealogy that you had a plan, a perfect plan to bring about this, the salvation for Israel, but also included Gentiles, each one of us. Lord, we just thank you for loving us that much, becoming man and, and walking among men and women, and then Jesus laying down his life to atone for our sins. But by your power, he was raised on the third day. God, just bless our time as we, as we study this book. Give us insight and understanding that, that we might learn more about you or maybe just relearn just how wonderful the, the gospel really is. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.